Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. You got that little upbeat <laughs> and going in the background. Oh, uh, good morning. Oh, uh, I have heard that Crystal River did an amazing job. Uh, last week and so Crystal River if you're watching thank you so much uh, they called in last minute one of their uh, concerts got canceled uh, and of course you know we've told them hey anytime you're in our area or you want to stop by you just go right ahead and they they took that advantage and they called us up and says hey brother Richard uh, we need a place to play uh, y'all we got it and I said well let me talk with the deacons and of course the deacons like bring them on bring them on and so uh, I had to work. I was on duty that day, and and so it was good. It was really good. And uh, we're just going to dive in. Uh, we're we're talking about the know-it-alls. Have you ever had somebody in your life, maybe a friend or a relative, that just knew it all? There was absolutely nothing you could say or do that they already knew it. They knew it all. And so we're going to be talking about a know-it-all in Luke chapter 19. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, the know-it-alls and the ones who decided or made that commitment to follow Christ, and then those ones who turned away from Christ. And we saw like the Pharisees are always the ones that given, has been giving Jesus a lot of trouble. A lot of heartache, a lot of questioning, because he did things different. And today we're going to talk about Zacchaeus. If you were raised in church or uh, just been in church for a while, you probably know about Zacchaeus, right? There's even a song about Zacchaeus. How does it go? Little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I just just nailed it, right? Right? And maybe you're not used to that. Maybe you're like, who is this Zacchaeus? Well, you're in luck because we are going to talk about him today. And this is what you found. Now you know why I don't lead music. Because people will be laughing at me. (laughs) Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Let's just read it. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus. Make haste and come down, for today 
I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore foretold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and love you for who you are, for what you have done, and what you are going to do. Father, as we dive into your word and Father, I pray that we would see ourselves in this story. And Father, I pray that this morning we are drawn closer to you. We just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for just allowing us to be here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love Zacchaeus' story because it's one of change. It's a significant change. It didn't happen over a year's time or several months' time. It happened right there and then. He encountered Jesus and was transformed. See, Zacchaeus had heard something. He had heard something about Jesus. Maybe the, the, the stories about his miracles and, and his teachings were making its way and, and Zacchaeus being a, a tax collector, but not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And whatever it is that he had heard about Jesus, something inside him wanted to see him. Something so powerful that when he caught that the, that the rabbi was headed his way, that he wanted to see him, he ran. And he couldn't make his way through the crowd, right? He couldn't make his way through the crowd for whatever reason. It could be because he was short. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't very popular, Maybe the crowd saw him and they just got closer and didn't let him through, right? Because tax collectors did not have a good reputation. As a matter of fact, they, they put him in the categories of being sinners, being with the, the, as prostitutes. Whatever the reason was, he just couldn't make his way through the crowd, and so he runs. He runs ahead. 
he thinks ahead and he knows Jesus is going through this route, so I'm going to run ahead. And he goes further than that. He climbs up a tree. It's just amazing. Why? That seems like that has been the word this morning. Why? Why do we do the things that we do? Why? Why do we go to church? Why do we wake up on Sunday mornings and come to church? What is your why? What drives you? What motivates you to live this life that God has for you? We talked about in Acts, I believe it was in Acts 27 in our Sunday school class, where Paul comes to in front of the king and, and he's telling the king about his encounter with Christ. He's telling the king of his encounter, his road to Damascus encounter. And he was telling the king that that's what motivates me is that I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. This is what Paul was saying to the king. And the king understood that. The king understood what Paul was saying. And he says, but you simply think just because I hear one story that that's going to change me? Paul says, I don't know. That's, that's for God. But what motivates me is that I want to share my story. I want to share what Christ has done. And what he has done was giving me hope. What he has done was he has shown me grace. What he has done was life changing. What is your why? What is your motivation? Zacchaeus, he knew there was something about this man named Jesus. He knew that this man, this rabbi, was changing people's lives, and he knew that it was a great deal of importance to meet this man named Jesus. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, but not just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. And like I said, they did not have a good reputation with the people. They were working for the Roman Empire, and, and the Roman Empire uh, required them to collect taxes. And so what the tax collectors would do was raise a little bit extra taxes so they could pocket some of that money. And then the chief tax collectors would also raise and require much of the, the ones that were working under them. 
Zacchaeus was a smart man. He got into that position not just by showing up to work. He was a very smart man. And as we read in, 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 in verse 10 or 9, where he was a descendant of Abraham, he was God's people. So that gets me to think that he was raised and his family had talked to him about God. But somewhere along his life, along the way, he got caught up. He got caught up in his personal wealth. He got caught up in just in his work. Got caught up in his riches, his materials, maybe. Caught, caught up in his house. Got caught up in his things. He knew that he was cheating people. And he knew that that was a sin. But somewhere along the way, he just got caught up. Oh, how easy is it for us to get so caught up in unholy things. So easy for us to get caught up in sinful things. It might have just started off with just a little lie here. Little lie there. Next thing you know, you are just living a whole life of lies. What is Zacchaeus' story? See, I think that something was was implanted in him. There was a seed that was implanted in, in him by his parents that he knew God. But somewhere along the way, his relationship grew further away from God. Can you relate to that? Maybe you were raised in church. Maybe you had godly parents, God-loving, God-fearing parents who talked to you about church and talked to you about God and talked to you about Jesus. But somewhere as you got older, you kind of strayed away. Maybe God is calling you back. Maybe you need to find a sycamore tree to, to sit down on and get a view of Jesus coming back into your life. See, Jesus selects Zacchaeus to be a recipient of a costly love. Jesus selects Zacchaeus to be a recipient of costly love. See, after receiving such love, we see that Zacchaeus will never be the same. He was transformed. Something happened on the inside. Regardless of his circumstances, regardless of his past, something inside of him was transformed. And he knew that he needed to see the Messiah. And it cost him greatly when he received. It cost him greatly. 
see Zacchaeus wasn't yelling out for Jesus. He was not yelling out for Jesus. What I love about this story is that Jesus called Zacchaeus by his name. Jesus called Zacchaeus by his name. That's different. That's different than the, than the ministries of Jesus in the past where people were coming to Jesus. People wanted to have an encounter with Jesus. They were asking him to heal him. Zacchaeus wasn't. He was just sitting on a tree wanting just to see this man and who he was and who he is and all the things that he's heard about that he knew that there was something powerful about this man, that there was something that God was doing that he knew in his heart that he needed to change because maybe he was living a life of sin. Maybe he was living a life where he was just cheating people. Maybe he was just lying. Whatever it was, he knew that his life needed to be changed and it was through Jesus Christ. But he was surprised when Jesus yells his name, Zacchaeus. Gary. Aubrey, Pam, Pam, Amy, Johnny, Jesus is calling your name because he knows you. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows everything, yet we try so hard to hide what's going on in our minds. We try so hard to make people think that we got it all together. We try so hard to make people think that we're rich. We try so hard to make people think that we're right in our minds. We try so hard to make people think we're healthy. We try so hard to make people think we're loving. We try so hard to make people think we're perfect, and we're not. And Jesus knows. Jesus knew everything that Zacchaeus has done. Jesus knew what was going on in his head and knows what was in his heart. And that's what was important, that he knew Zacchaeus' heart. And I'll tell you the same thing, church, that Jesus knows your heart. He knows my heart. Are we staying true to his will? Are we trying to hide something? What is your why? See, sometimes we want to make people feel or think that we know it all, but we don't. None of us here. Some may know more than others. Some may know different things about other things, but none of us know it all. God, he knows it all. Proverbs 28, verse 13, 
He that confesses his guilt to God and is careful not to return to sin again shall find mercy with God and shall have the comfort of it in his own bosom. When we confess our guilt to God, we receive that mercy. We receive that compassion that Zacchaeus sees here, that we see in Zacchaeus' life. From having that one encounter with Christ, we see that Zacchaeus wants to make it right. Why does he want to make it right? Could it be because the people were complaining? Could it be because the religious people were complaining? Like, who is this man that Jesus, the sinner, that Jesus wants to hang out with him, wants to go to his house? It says that When they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Complain. Instead of rejoicing that this man has received Jesus, instead of being happy for this man that was a sinner, that has been treating people differently or has been cheating people, that this man has come to know the Messiah, instead of of rejoicing, they're complaining. Maybe that's us. Maybe we have been more like complainers than conquerors. Maybe that's you. Do you see yourself complaining? Complaining in what God is doing? <laughs> complaining what God is doing in people's lives, complaining about what God is doing in the church, complaining what God is doing in our community, complaining what God is doing in our state. It's so easy for us to get in that spirit of complaining. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Because the enemy wants us to find every little reason to complain. We know that the Roe versus Wade has been turned. And that's a big accomplishment. That's something to rejoice in. But it's not done yet. We're not done yet. And I would see people complaining. I had a friend that posted something on Facebook saying, we are complaining that that newborn babies get to be alive? Like we are complaining that newborn babies have a chance to live? Like, think about that. Think about that, church. We are complaining 
And some of you might be thinking, well, those ain't, those ain't uh, church people. Those are not people who have a relationship with Christ. No, there is. There's people that stand up here just like this, and they preach, and they say that's right. So there's church people complaining that we want babies to live. Do you see how the enemy is twisting things around? You see how the enemy wants to divide the church? You see how the enemy wants to divide our relationships with one another, with the church, with our community, even our government, the world? Are we complainers? Are we complaining more than we are rejoicing? Because of what the Lord is doing? He says, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Instead of rejoicing and saying, Man, he's going to go hang out with a man who his life has been changed because of God. And then we see Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. I get emotional on that because why? Because that's a repentance heart right there. That is a man who knows that he's done wrong. That is a man that sees what he has done to other people and he wants to make it right. We are seeing the outward of what's going on outward because of what's happening on the inside. There's some of us here that haven't even repented from things. For whatever reason it may be, when you have a true encounter with Christ, you know that you have been forgiven. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, I want to go hang out with you. I want to go to your house and meet your family. But before I do that, you need to make it right. He didn't say that you need to change before I can hang out with you. No, he says, I'm going to your house today. Jesus is telling us the same thing. He's not requiring you to go do this or go do that before he comes into your life. He just wants to be part of your life. He just wants you to accept him now. Why? Because today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. It's today, church. We are not promised tomorrow. You know that people are going to hell. We are, we are people that should be delivering the gospel, that we should be motivated just as Paul has been motivated, that we should be out being the hands and feet of the gospel, right? Because today is the day of salvation. Has salvation come to your house has he come to your house so maybe there's a little bit here that you can relate to 
Maybe you were part of the crowd. You were complaining. Complaining that whatever it is that you're complaining about. Well, God ain't doing this. God ain't doing that. We don't see this happen. We don't see that happen. We don't do this. We don't do that. We just complaining and complaining, but not really seeing. Not seeing what God is doing on the inside in people's lives. Right, Todd? God wants us to focus on the good things. Let's focus on the good things. God gives us all these trees to eat from, except for this one. And what does the enemy do? Has us focus on this one. Maybe your week has been terrible. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been struggling for the past week, two weeks, and all you are is just thinking about the negative things. I guarantee you, if you change your focus, there's some good things that has happened in your life this week. I know I have. I was a complainer this week, working a lot of hours, things not going right. Just complain, complain. Too hot. Heard that a lot. Too hot. Hey, but praise God, we got AC. There's some people say, well, we don't have AC. You have a house? Praise God, you got a house. Praise God that we're here today. Praise God that he gives us another day. Even just that. Even just that. Right, Aubrey? Man. Tomorrow's not promised to us. Yesterday has already gone. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe. Maybe you can relate to Zacchaeus. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you know about God and you know about Jesus, but somewhere along the way, you just kind of strayed away and got distant from the Lord. And next thing you know, you're just so far away and you're just say, how did I get here? Well, God calls you by name. And he tells you the same thing that he told Zacchaeus. Let today be the day of salvation. Let today be the day of salvation. There is nothing that you have to do. There is nothing that you have to, have to change before you receive him. All you have to do is come back. See what you know what you've done wrong. Repent. Make it right with the Lord. And let him take residency in your heart. Who do you, what story fits you? Just talking to 
several people this week and knowing that it's been a rough week. It's been a rough couple of weeks. The enemy is trying to distract us. The enemy is trying to distract you for the purpose that he has for you. But every morning, every morning when we open our eyes to wake up, it's already a gift from God. And we have that decision, that choice from the time that we wake up. What is it that's going to motivate me today? And I pray that it's because of God's grace. It's because of God's grace is what motivates you. Because no matter what you did yesterday, he forgives you today. As Gary, as you come up and you just begin to play, see when it when it comes to repairing old homes. I know Becky loves old homes. She sees the potential in it. She sees just the the beautiness of these old homes. And usually when, when you're talking about a home, you're talking about an old home, the conversation you hear usually shifts between restoration or renovation. See, restoration puts the house back the way it used to be in the original order. When you have an oldies 1957 Chevy, you want to restore it to its original way. Renovation is just changing it. Changing it to look, it looks different maybe. To new and, and mechanical gears or in a home you want the updated appliances, the granite tops, the new flooring. Well, I like to say that God is in the restoration business, but also in the renovation business. See, Jesus died on the cross so we could be restored. Our relationship with Christ, with God, can be restored the way it was back when the garden, with Adam and Eve. But he also wants to do a renovation in our hearts. He wants us to make us new. Just like Zacchaeus was made new. He wants to make you new. No matter what what you have done, no matter what you have said, no matter, it doesn't matter. He says, today is the day of salvation. Will you receive him this morning? As Gary plays, I just ask you, with everybody's eyes closed and head bowed, Maybe you need to be restored. Maybe something needs to change in your heart. I would ask that you would just hear from the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit calls you to come to the front, will you do that?
Maybe you just need a restored spirit. Maybe a change in your heart needs to change. Something needs to happen. I'm here at the front to pray with you. Greg is in the back. Is that you? Please come now. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.